0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. And today's message is called Pickpocketed by Your Past. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? How many of you have ever been uh, subject to a pickpocket? Uh, you you got you got your pockets picked. That's bad, bro. In New York, yeah, in New York. I always put my money in my front pocket, and I put my hand in my pocket. So if they try to pick me and grab my hand, <laughs> hallelujah, amen. Now when we was in Italy. Uh, <laughs> When we were in, when we was in Italy a few, few what, months ago, weeks ago? When were we in Italy? Months ago. November, it was, it's like, what's my name and what day is it? Um. When we got ready to ride the train in Florence, what would, what, come on, I gotta get Pastor Tim to say it. It would tell us to beware, you know, and to keep your money, how, how would it say it, Tim? Beware of oh, pickpocket. <laughs> Every time we come to that machine, we were like, man, we got to record that because beware of pickpocket. And we was like, okay, all we right, going to make sure we, we keep our <laughs> <laughs> keep our money safe. Amen. Praise God. You ready to get into this? You ready to get into it? Say amen. Okay. So let me get into this a little bit. So we're talking about Pickpocketed by your past, and as I begin to think about this message and the vicissitudes of life that sometimes will will insult us, Uh, it's like you get insulted by life sometimes when you know you you, are just moving along, and all of a sudden something happens that you least expected it. Uh, When you buy my book that's coming out on the 11th, I have uh, a chapter in the book called "Potholes in the Road," and sometimes we can encounter these potholes and even when you drive in your car and you hit a pothole you don't expect it right it just it pops up on you but when you hit it you have this pause and you go Ugh and you're trying to make sure your car's all right. You know, you didn't knock your car out of balance. Well, life has those potholes too. You can be moving along in life and things are good, your health are good, your children are good, job is good, and all of a sudden you hit a pothole and you get to work and they say this is your last day. Uh, you hit a pothole and you're expecting your first child and, and you miscarry. That's a pothole in the road. A pothole means you you go in for a normal, routine, physical and you come out finding out that you have a, an ingratulation aggressive form of cancer like I did that was a pothole in the road and we can encounter these potholes and if you don't maneuver through these potholes correctly then you will allow those potholes to not only affect you but they will infect you too as a naturalist uh, when you cut a tree in half a naturalist he can find out a lot of different things about the ring Hello, somebody. Uh, they they can look at the rings of a tree, and they and an herbalist may say uh, 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 that be- because of this tree, uh, not a herbalist, I'm sorry, a horticulturalist. I'm sorry. Uh, will say that this ring, this ring came as a result of uh, a dry time for that tree, or this particular ring came as a result of. Uh, maybe lightning hitting that tree, or this ring came as a result of there was a flood in the land at that particular time. But every ring in the tree speaks of what happened in the past. So you can kind of see what took place in the life of that tree based on the rings. As it is in the natural, so it is spiritually. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the eyes of the Lord is open to all things. So if God was to peer at our lives through the holiness of his eyes, he will see rings in our lives as well. Now, those rings have come as a result of past hurts or past disappointments. uh, past failures that we have done in our lives and if sometimes God can look at a person's life and they can say here's a ring that was left behind by an alcoholic father or here's a mark that was left when a spouse left or here's a ring that represents a time when an upset stressed out mom said I wish I had never had you Or a mom would say, you are such a disappointment to me. That leaves a mark and it leaves a ring on a person's life. Oh, here's another one. Here's a ring that was left by someone who should have been your protector, but they became your predator. That leaves a ring in your life. Or here's one that says that... That when you was looking for encouragement from your spiritual leader, you got discouraged when you left. Here's another ring that when you compromised on your standards and you gave in to the temptation of pressure, it will leave a ring. So if God was to peer into our lives, He will see all of the things that has happened in our lives from pain and disappointments and things that have taken place in our lives. And and God can pinpoint, He can determine exactly the right moment when you know that you go right back into your past, and God can get you what you need to go to if you keep moving back to your past. We all have rings in our lives, we've all been disappointed. We've all had times when people turn their backs on us. You know, Halloween is not the only day where people cover up. Uh, Do you realize some of the best people who cover up are in church? Because people use different disguises (laughs) to mask what's really going on. Uh, They use smiles and you hide behind that pretty smile and behind that pretty smile is a person that's depressed or clothes or excessive busyness oh I'm just so busy I just got things to do because you know the moment you slow down is when you get depressed again obsessive behavior rebellion and even pride these are all different masks that we can wear in the church but God can see right through it all. And if we're not careful to protect our hearts from these past hurts and pains and vulnerabilities, we will allow the enemy to pickpocket our future. Look at this for a second. This is pickpocketing. Pickpocketing is a form of larceny that involves the stealing of money or other valuables from the person Of a victim. I underline this because it means something without them noticing. The theft at the time, it requires considerable dexterity, you know, smoothness, and a knack for misdirection. You seeing that right there? See, I can see the devil all up in that right there. He said, the victim without them noticing. Because, see, when a Christian is no longer convicted, when a Christian can continue to do wrong and they refuse to do right, then they're no longer noticing that they are creeping into being a black blacksider. See, it, it, it's without them noticing. See, that's how they pickpocket your past. This is what these demonic beings, that's how they pickpocket your past because they want you to do these little compromises. Uh, it's all right to do that, it's okay. It's all right, come on, come on. You don't have to stop doing that. So you, you're doing it without them noticing. And then with the pickpocket, they have a knack for misdirection because the moment you continue in sin, you get off course with God. And they have misdirected you on a course that is not yours. And then at that very moment, you have allowed the enemy to steal your identity. And somebody say amen. This can happen to anybody. Nobody in this church is exempt from being pickpocketed by your past. I just want to tell you that because all of us got some, some, some stuff. Let me see. Let me look down. My room. Let's see who don't have any stuff. Everybody got some stuff. Somebody say, somebody say, I got some stuff. See, 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 in church, people can come to church and they look all good and they smiling and got their pretty little clothes on and stuff. And beneath all of that, there's a person that's depressed, cried themselves to sleep last night. They're really concerned because they've been praying and praying and praying and haven't heard the voice of God in a long time. That's what's beneath the veneer of looking Christian. And see, we need to be honest about what we're going through. Amen. Now, listen, I'm not saying you got to tell all your business, everybody in the church, because everybody in church can't handle your business. Everybody, everybody in the church ain't Christian. Hello. (laughs) So listen, check this out. You can find people in the church that you can talk to. You can connect with. There's always somebody. But you're going to have to make the effort. If you want friends, you do what? Show yourself friendly. But if you come to church and don't talk to anybody and don't nobody know you, whose fault is that? So then you can't blame the pastor or the church for that. It's not my job to help you connect with people. That's your job. It's my job to preach the gospel. Amen. But because of the gospel that's in you, you should show yourself friendly to everybody that's in God's house. Hello. And you might find that, man, our stories are very similar. Man, how did you get through that in your life? And then you'll find as you build that relationship, you build those peripheral relationships, there's a degree of healing that takes place because you're able to communicate with somebody who went through what you went through. Hello? See, you can't take people you've, where you've never been. You can try, you can minister, but you can't really relate fully like a person who's been there. See, if you've been hooked on crack, you, you, you can minister to people, but you can't say, I know how you feel. H- Hello? If, if you've ever had a miscarriage, I, I can minister to a, a woman, and my wife can minister to a woman that's had it, but I, we cannot say we know how that feels. Hello, somebody. But a mother who has had a miscarriage knows all of the, the cycle of the feelings that they go through. Amen? And so, so you can't take, a people, take people where you've never been. Moses couldn't take them to the promised land because Moses had never been there. But Joshua had been there, so Joshua took people where he had been. Hello? Right? So, so God will sometimes bring people into your lives that have been through some of the same situations that you've been through so they can help you maneuver through all of the challenges amen that's why church is so important that you build relationships in the church so that you can be blessed and healed by those relationships check this out write this down secret sins cannot coexist with inner peace you, you, people who say that it's, it's hard for them to find inner peace probably got some kind of secret sin going on. I'm not saying this is 100% of the time, but most of the time, if you can't find a sense of peace, there is something that's disconnecting you with God. And if you think about it long enough, for some of us, we don't have to think about it long because we know exactly what it is. The secret sins are the sins that you don't talk to anybody else about. But you know you struggle with them. You see how quiet it got in here? Okay, all right. all right. so those sins that we don't normally talk about, but we know we we struggle with them. Hello. So so how many of you by show of hands say, you know, I know what you're talking about because I've struggled that way before by your show of hands. I'm not saying that you're struggling with it now, but I do know and realize you're going to be saved for a pretty good while, and there are still things that God is working out of us. The one thing that I could tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, saints of God, the closer I get to Jesus, the more he shows me my stuff. And what you see in front of you was not the person when Jesus first came into my life. Let me tell you something. My wife is a witness to how I was as a person before I got saved. I was rude. I was obnoxious. I was rebellious. I was mean and a conniver and lying rascal. Womanizing, club going, drinking, borderline alcoholic. (laughs) Y'all saying, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My wife will tell you there have been times when when I've uh, had my um, my times with that bottle. Yeah, yeah, your pastor, brother, your pastor. So you got a pastor. I didn't hang off of my mother's in biblical car speaking in tongues and got saved as soon as I was born. I actually did go to the clubs and do all of the stuff that some Christians are doing right now and um and so so I did i <laughs> saying I'm not saying you but, you know i'm just talking to the person in your seat but so i'm I'm just saying that i we've experienced things right as pastors, so we can take you where we've been so if you have experienced some things in your life you've gone through some things you've had some challenges in your life. You've been out there in the clubs and the drinking and the drugs and the men and the women. But why when you start talking about stuff like that, the church gets real quiet? Hey, listening is that what it is? Y'all sure? Y'all don't look good about the face. Come on. Breathe. Come on. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to bring up any of your stuff. It's all right. That's what we can deliver from. And the reason I'm sharing all of this with you is because you got to look at a person that's been delivered too. I am not up here to tell you that I have arrived. I I am challenged every day. So when I preach, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. Because not only do I need to give it to you and study it and give it to you right. I got to learn it for myself. Amen. So you're looking at somebody that's not afraid to show my scars. We're not afraid, she'll show her scars, her rings, so that you can see, oh man, pastor went through that too. Oh, wow, Pastor Lane went through that too. Oh man, they know what I'm talking about. So you're not gonna have a person to go, oh, you just need to have faith. Well, that's what they told me, and I had no idea what that meant. What does it mean just to have faith? What is faith? Oh, faith is a substance of things to hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, what the heck is that? <laughs> what's evidence? (laughs) Amen? And so, so we can take you to places because we have also been delivered. Amen? Is that good? All right, praise God. So listen, now, let's get into this, this thing called guilt because if we don't talk about guilt and shame and condemnation, then we will allow the enemy to pickpocket us and destroy what God wants to do. So, First thing I want to talk about is the reality of guilt. And I don't know how many of these we're going to get to. I only have three, but I got a lot to share with you. So let's talk about the reality of guilt right here, the reality of guilt. Go ahead and write that down. So the first reality of guilt we find is guilt bullies us. It's a bully. Guilt will constantly pick on us while at the same time pick our pockets. When you do something wrong, there is a psychopathic stalker called guilt that's coming right behind it. The moment you do something wrong, instantly you feel guilty about it. Now listen, let me me just share this with you. When I was in the world who wasn't trying to be saved, didn't know anything about God or Jesus, and I did something wrong, I knew it. You, you, you don't ever have to go to church. You don't ever have to read the Bible. You don't have to know anything about Jesus to know that when you've done something wrong. These children in here know when they did something wrong. Right? So we all know when we do something wrong. We don't have to have the Holy Ghost. We don't have to speak in tongues or be consecrated for 21 days to understand when you do something wrong. But the very moment you do something wrong, There's this pernicious enemy called guilt that will try to attach itself to your life to make you feel so bad about what you did so that you don't repent of what you did, you stay in your guilt. I'm sure somebody in here can relate to what I'm talking about here. Let me just give you some word here from Apostle Paul. (laughs) I love Apostle Paul because he reminds me of myself. Apostle Paul says... I want to do what is good, but I don't. I mean, I, see, that's why I can relate to Apostle Paul because I'm like, man, that's, boy, that brother talking about me right now. See, 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 how many of you think right now that he's talking about you? Right? You, you, you want to do what's right, but you don't. All right. Okay. Then I'm talking to the whole church. He said, <laughs> I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that's doing it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Why? Because Apostle Paul says in this flesh, there is no good thing. Let me tell you something. Your flesh will always lead you to doing wrong. Now, now, let me, let me just give this little caveat. Everything that you do wrong doesn't necessarily feel wrong. <laughs> oh, boy, y'all just, mm, y'all looked at me kind of strange on that one. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Most of us are grown folk. You know you did wrong and it felt good doing wrong. Am I talking to myself in here? Why y'all acting all holy? You, you, some of y'all going to go do wrong today. Don't be looking at me. We're in the church. This is where we can be honest and open. God already knows it. But listen, okay, since, since you won't come naked with it, let me get naked with it. I have some stuff I did. I, it was good, but I knew it was wrong. Let me tell you why I know. I kept doing it. I knew it was wrong. I kept doing it. Why? It it, it felt good to my flesh. Your flesh is always going to lead you to do things contrary to God. The moment you try to put some trust in your flesh is the moment you're going to mess up. For the Bible says, cursed is he who puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. The moment you try to trust this old flesh, the moment you start going to lunch with somebody that's not your wife or your husband, you're getting in trouble. Am I in the right house here? Why? Because you start getting words from somebody that's encouraging you. You shouldn't be giving these words. You shouldn't be getting these words because what can happen is, you, if you don't guard your heart and you can become vulnerable, you may have had an argument that morning with your spouse, but then you get around a co-worker that's encouraging you and giving you that affirmation, then you're going to go to your co-worker for that affirmation. And before long, your heart is going to be torn, I mean, drawn towards your co-worker and away from your spouse. And you're trying to figure out why you always fuss when you're at home and you're always giggling and smiling when you're with your co-worker. See, see, an adulterous affair don't start off with the candle and the roses and the hotel room. It starts off with a smile and a wink. <laughs> What's up, girl? <laughs> you know that brother, ain't. he's so phony, he can't even laugh right. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you ain't even real. And you just... <laughs> Somebody say, you better guard your heart. You might be getting (laughs) pickpocketed. So guilt is a bully. Can I I give you something here? Man, when 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 I wrote this statement down, I had to laugh to myself. Check this one out. Our problems are that we may know better, but sometimes am I by myself? We know what's right. We know better. But sometimes saints, can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I just don't want to do better. Sometimes I just don't feel like forgiving. Sometimes I just want to be mad. Let me, let me let me let me let me let me go ahead and <laughs> Let me go ahead and break it down. Sometimes I want to cuss y'all out too. Yes. Hamburger. Yep. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Why? Because in this flesh, there ain't no, nothing good in this flesh. The moment I become vulnerable and I'm not in the word, I'm not praising God, I'm not worshiping God, uh, I'm not fasting and pleading the blood of Jesus, is the moment I put trust in his flesh and that's a vulnerable moment when I can speak something out of my heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, whatever's in your heart is going to come out. If you got dirt in, dirt is going to come out. And we have to control that little red devil behind the white pearly gates y'all know what I'm talking about right red devil behind the white pearly that's that pearly white gate you got a little red devil behind those pearly gates and that tongue ooh, boy haven't you ever said something and the moment you said it you said oh I wish I could have grabbed those anybody <laughs> Have you, you've been with a friend and they share something with you and you you were right in what you said But it was how you said it, and you knew the moment you said it, you was like, oh, did did she take it like that? Oh, God, she did. She took it like that. So, because you wish you could grab those words, right? Words hurt. But just like words hurt, words can also heal. So let's use words to heal people. Amen. But I'm just telling you right now, again, nobody has mastered this. Sometimes all of us in here, nobody has arrived. Sometimes all of us in here, we know what's better. But sometimes, man, we, we just don't want to do better. And I got a couple of witnesses. Oh, I got two or three. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So listen, I'm, I'm in this boat with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work this thing out. So it bullies us, but it also the roads us, saints of God. It arose our confidence by destroying our peace and our harmony. i uh, write this one down. I think this is a pretty good one. A spiritual pickpocket will paralyze you in your present by keeping you living in your past. And you cannot be delivered from something that you keep on reliving. Let me say that one more time. You cannot be delivered from something that you keep reliving in your life. You're going to have to plead the blood over your thoughts. You're going to have to take every thought captive and bring it under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Apostle Paul says our minds must be renewed by the word of God. Why? Because if we don't renew our minds, we will keep reliving stuff that has happened to us bad stuff that has happened to us, words that we have received from people, times when we have been bullied on the in, in, in the playground with, with somebody who was a bully or a bad relationship that we were in with somebody who didn't love us in the first place but gave bad words to us. And for years, those words have been locked up in our heart, and we've defined ourselves based on the negativity of other people. And you've been pickpocketed and not even realize it. Why? Because guilt will erode your confidence. It will erode your faith. It will erode your peace. And you're trying to figure out, why I just don't have peace about this? What is going on inside of me? You may be getting pickpocketed by your past. Don't keep reliving bad things. Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, In order for me to grab a hold of my future, you're not going to, it's no way possible for you to grab a hold of your future if you got your hands full of your past. You're going to have to drop your past, turn, grab a hold of your future. But listen, saints of God, you're going to have to press into it. Yes, you're Christian and everything, but you're going to have to press into what God has for you. A lot of people are sitting back waiting for God to do something. But God said, I've already done it all. He's waiting on you to do something. He's waiting on you to get the business plan. He's waiting on you to do your own research. He's waiting on you to get out of the boat of complacency and step out in faith. Hello, somebody. Y'all kind of quiet in here. Is Okay. All right. uh, It must be hitting something here. Amen. Right. We can all sit back and wait and we can pray and we can say, well, we waiting on God. I mean, we do that. Right. For the Bible says they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. But that wait is not sitting back. Wait. You're just waiting on God to do something. That word wait is the same word in the Hebrew to serve. For The Bible says they that serve the Lord shall renew their strength. It's just like a waiter who waits on a table. He's serving that table. And so you're not sitting back just waiting on God to do something. No, you're serving until God does something. But if you're not willing to serve, why would God do it? That, that's just like asking for the 20000 when you're not faithful with the $2. Hello? is this making sense at all i'm not trying to preach at all i'm just we just we're just having a conversation amen we, we're conversating about some stuff some rings that are in all of our lives that can sometimes creep back up when we least expect it and listen when when it comes back up this is what i don't want you to do i don't want you to think oh man i just i'm just so man i'm so bad i'm so negative, I'm. I, oh, man, I can't believe that this is coming up in my life. I've been a Christian this long, and I'm still thinking about this stuff. Yes. That's why you're still thinking about it. Because, see, listen, if the enemy wasn't afraid of you, he wouldn't be bringing anything back up. And he knows the only way he can stop you is to take you back because he can't take you forward. And the way he keeps us from going forward is he keeps taking us back. See, there, there, there is one thing that a Christian should never be is a person rowing. Because to row, first of all, you got to sit down and you got to row backwards. So you looking at the place you should be going and you just rowing and you're getting further and further away from where you should be going. See, that's what was happening with the men that was in the boat. The Bible says is they were toiling in their rowing. So, in other words, they had activity, but they didn't have any accomplishment. See, you can be busy doing stuff and not going anywhere. You're just busy. I, oh, I just got to do something. I know you know some people like that. They're just busy. You, every time you get around, you call and say, oh, girl, all, all I got is two minutes. You're just so busy. What are you doing? I don't know. They're just busy doing busy just to be busy. Right? But but no accomplishments. Now, there are people who, who always have plans. Every time you go around, they got a new plan. They got a new idea. Oh, I'm getting ready to do this. Man, the Lord showed me that. Wow, God showed me this. And I'm trying to figure out, well, six months ago, when God showed you something else, now you're on five different things. So what did God, where is that one thing God showed you to do? Listen, listen, you don't have to do five Guys, just do one thing. Find one thing that God has blessed you to do. That one thing. Look, Colonel Sanders did did one thing. He cooked chicken. His chicken ain't no better than my my wife's chicken, but he cooked chicken. He did one thing thing Merrill Lynch Merrill Lynch did one thing money management they didn't try to get into cooking chickens they did money management one thing there is one thing that God has for you to do now if you just put all of your energy into that one thing that God has called you to do then you'll stop getting jealous when somebody else is doing what God called them to do talk to me somebody What is it that God has called you to do? What is it that God has placed in your hands to do? If you just focus on that one thing, don't let nobody get you off focus. Don't let nobody take you off course. You just stick with that one thing because you tell the devil, I refuse to be pickpocketed by my past. One thing, that one thing, if you do one thing, God can do it. One degree of change can change your whole life forever. Somebody say one degree. One degree of change can change your life forever. One degree. One moment of forgiveness can change your life forever. One moment of going back to reconcile with somebody can change your life forever. Just one degree can change your life. That one degree can change you from being guilt-ridden and ashamed to being reconciled and healed. One degree. Let me tell you something. You, there's... Theres There were moments when um, I was getting radiation. There are, there are moments in a person's life where your life is almost as if it would flash. And you think about everything that you've done and all of the stuff that you, you want to do. Sometimes things can happen in your life and, um, and you really, you, you're really at a point to where you really don't want to disappoint God. And it it wasn't that I was disappointed in what I had done. It was that I knew I had more. I don't ever want any Christian to be in a position where you have to think like that and say, God, let me just give you my words. I said, God, don't take me right now. I feel like I got more that I want to give to your body. I feel like there's more in me. Don't take me now, Lord. It's in those moments (laughs) when you know if you got a real solid relationship with God. Because in those moments are when you're the weakest. It's, it's those times, it's where saints I preach about. And so, God said, You you can't preach about something that you've never lived. Now, I know what it's like not knowing if God is going to heal you or not. Knowing that you had a pernicious enemy. I had an enemy inside of me that was killing me from the inside. Was pickpocketing me. And you know he did it without me noticing so what I'm talking about now is what your pastor has lived through now those were the weakest moments but I had some great moments too my wife and I had some great moments of prayer together crying together why am I saying this to you I'm saying this to you because God It's not looking for us to be all like we got our stuff together. He just wants us to be honest. Because the one thing I know, saints, is I need you. I need you. I need your prayers. My wife, my daughter, we need you. We need each other. church it's got to be healed I would probably say probably 65% of the people in this church have been hurt by somebody in the church either the pastor or a church member we have to. so you're looking at people who came from that sameness but we vowed not to hurt people that we would be a hospital to the hurting and that's what we want to be Here's the last thing, and I'll finish the message next Sunday. Now, I don't know who this message was for. But I do realize that just like those rings in a book, most of our lives are like an onion. And that God has to peel back certain layers at times. Maybe today is one layer. And maybe next Sunday would be another layer. But I truly believe that there are some layers that God wants to release from us today. If you can relate to what I was saying today, and you know that there's still some things that's been in your past that maybe not is just causing you to get off kilter, but You know that they've been kind of creeping up on you again those thoughts have come back those feelings have come back that depression is trying to creep back in if that was for you i just want you to stand to your feet for me we hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's Change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.